0: The Hard Shoulder On Talk With Nissan Subscribe and Drive No deposit No compromise No fuss Find out more at Nissan.ie You're very welcome
1: back to The Hard Shoulder Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock I'm delighted to be joined this week for the Thursday interview by the former international rugby referee Nigel Owens Nigel You're very welcome to the show How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. How how are you and how is everybody over there?
1: Uh, Everybody is is fairly good, I suppose, all things considered. Covid, Covid clouds looming on the horizon, but I suppose Christmas as well on the horizon. So that's uh, uh, keeping people's spirits up. We maybe should uh, add a little trigger warning today just for people. uh, uh, There may be a bit of background noise. Can I hear some uh, cattle, is it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just at the farm I am and um, yeah, I'm just... um some Feeding some of the cattle and stuff. So yeah, so that's the, what's there. Some of them are still waiting with the food. So that's what you hear the noise for now. So um,
1: <laughs> how how many do you have? Uh
0: fifty-seven at the moment. With a couple to do the calf again now. Um, sort of in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, 50, 50, 57. The herd should settle down around um, around the sort of sixty sixty-five mark. I I would think. You know, when things come in and and going. The herifers, was yeah, there. Pedigree pedigree herds, and I've got um, I've got a. A young bull here uh, named Myron Ulster, because I was over in Ulster refereeing about a year and a half ago now, I think. Oh no, 12 months ago, because he's 12 months last week. Ulster um, and Glasgow, and he was born once I was over there. So his his name is is, is Myron Ulster, and he's a pretty good bull as well. So I'm going to take him to a couple of shows, because he, he won reserve um, best hood young bull uh, in the uh, local uh, Hereford Society um Heard competition um, Last week So Yeah so there's a couple There's a There's a, Alster, okay. there's a, there's a Munster One here as well <laughs> Myro and Munster Munster So only Leinster and Connor To go again And then we be Full house
1: here uh, I, I, So you're into that Kind of showing off the animals. This we kind of. Uh, I, I, it's it's a world I have to say I don't really know anything about. But I, 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 you know, you see it on Country File or or our our equivalent on this side of the pond, deer to the ground, and you know, people kind of shampooing and conditioning and filing the nails and manis and petties
0: and all of these <coughs> things for bulls. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I've, I've <laughs> only just I've only just started. So the herd started up about um what well, two years ago now, actually two years ago last month when I came back from the World Cup in in, in Japan. Uh, that's when the first sort of um, cattle arrived here. Um, so yeah, I will go in and do a couple of local shows and stuff like that to support a couple of local shows and give it a go. Yes, but um, no, I'll be, I'm, I'm no expert at like some some of the of uh, the experts are that, that are showing. So um, but no, I, I'll, gi- I'll give it I'll give it a go. I, I bought in some good some quite good bloodlines really. So so the plan is is to most of them will be will be sold for for, for breeding or showing and stuff, and I'll take a couple to the to, to the show myself. That's that's the plan anyway.
1: And how is how is country life?
0: Oh, I'm enjoying it, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm loving every every minute of it. Um well I, I worked in a farm when I left school at, at sixteen years of age. I, I worked in a dairy farm and I sort of bought up then in the in a rural community here. Uh, my you know, my young was a farmer, so to spend a lot of the summer holidays up there helping them and then was a farm then behind when I was a kid, you know, family friends to go up there and help out on on a Saturday. So it's always been in the blood, really, and, and and to be honest, when I was well, as far as I can remember, really, about eight, nine, ten years of age, my dream was was to to be a farmer, um, uh, not to be a referee, but to be a farmer, and it's taken uh, 50 years to to achieve that dream, but uh, it 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 finally it finally has the dream has become a reality, really. So um, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of saving up over over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, it is something that I've always been passionate uh, about, really, and uh, no, I'm I'm enjoying every. It the plan was as well to that would help me with the transition actually of you know of refereeing which I've been doing day in day out week after week for 34 years of my life when that was going to come to to an end the plan was that I'd have something else that I'd be passionate and would enjoy doing sort mm. of to take over from from that void really and and that's what happened when I when I landed in Japan in 2019 and I sort of landed there knowing that the cattle were going to arrive when I got back and I sort of thinking I got 54 days here now in Japan I just I can't wait to get home. And and that's when I knew then that it was the right time to to call the referee to the day. And and, and that's what the farming's done, you know. It's It's just taken my my focus and my enjoyment in to do something else. I'm still involved in refereeing. I still coach a couple of young referees here in, in, in Wales. So I'm still, you know, involved in it. Um, but the farming certainly has helped with that mm. transition. And I, I think that's important. I think, you know, when something comes to an end, whether you retire or something, particularly from a professional sports person point of view, that you you do have things in plan, uh, in, in place. You know, when, when that time comes, that um, you have to hang up the whistle yeah. or or the boots uh, and, and that's what it's done.
1: And uh, um, when you say kind of farming back home, I mean you are very close to home. That's where the farm is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I haven't moved. To be honest with you, I've, I've moved. Sort of the village I was brought up in was a, is a small village called Monil If you translate that to English, it translates to Mountain of Stone. That's pretty much what it is. It's only small rural village here in West Wales in the Gwynedd Valley, which is about eight miles from the town of Tenesy and about eight miles from the town of Carmarthen. It's in uh, you know the coal mining valley. Um, and uh, I moved then from there uh, down to the next village where my mum was 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 born, uh, Pontibearing, which is literally a, a mile and a half down down the road, the next village. Really, I, I moved down there, mm. um, and the farm, that's where the farm is as, as well now, which is in in the same village. My dad still lives at, at at home, so I still sort of go back up there quite quite often. You you are a home bird, are you? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You know, when even when I was, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, I I was very lucky and privileged to. You know to be part of the wonderful game of rugby for many years and i enjoyed every minute if and i wouldn't change it one bit but no matter where i went in the world and i went to some lovely places and met some of the most the most wonderful people you know um for example i i was i was actually appointed i used to land up refereeing the munster leinster uh st even's day derby every year and um there were problems with flights and they wouldn't let me fly out you know, the referee manager at the time in pro 14 wouldn't wouldn't let me fly out um the, the morning of the match, um, sorry, the day before the match, mm. which was Christmas Day, obviously. Um, so I had to go the day before. Um, sorry, the morning of the match, so I had to go on, on the Christmas Eve. So I was over in in Limerick on Christmas Eve. Um, and my my very good friend through rugby, of course, and still very very close friends, John Lacey, um, invited me to, to his then for for Christmas dinner with his with his mum and dad, and we had the most wonderful. Oh, nice! It was, I think it was the best Christmas dinner I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing. He, he was a pretty good referee, but he's a much better cook. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um So you know, and, and that's what sort of rugby has for really over the years. It is that is that friendship, you know. And I wouldn't change it for one bit. But no, I, I am, I am a home bird. Wherever I went in the world, um there is no place like home. You know, it is always nice to 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 be home. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's where the western of the heart is. And,
1: and like the, the Welshness as well is something you've always worn on your sleeve. Like, I mean, that's a
0: hugely important part of your identity, isn't it? Oh, yes, for sure. You know, I couldn't, you know, when I was brought up in a small village of carrick there was a population, of about to say, about 140, 150 people in the whole village. Every single household, um, every single person fluent Welsh speaking first language. And I was brought up there on a council estate back in the, in the 1970s. And, if you would imagine what being brought up in in a small village in west Wales was like in the 1970s then um well, then come here now because because nothing's changed yeah wow <laughs> but it is you know i couldn't i couldn't speak english i was taught english in school um and i didn't start conversing in english till i was probably about seven eight years of age when some non Welsh speaking families moved into the village so you know it's, it's 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 who i am really welsh is my is my first first language i suppose a little bit um imagine you know um i suppose uh, it's imagine that you know french people for example who speak english you know when they speak to you in english they're, they're thinking things in in french and mm. then
1: you
0: know transferring it to english as as they speak and it's it's very similar to to, to me in wales actually when i'm speaking to you now in you know, in the english language i'm actually it's going through my mind in Welsh, and then it's translated then with with sort of within that millisecond, of a second, i suppose, so, so um yeah, it is and and you know brought up here in the small communities, you know, everybody knows everybody, um mm-hmm. most of us are related, and um you know the the rugby clubs been part of those of the community here and and, and that's who you are because you know a lot of people will tell you that life is what you make it, well, I suppose it comes a time in your life where that becomes quite relevant and quite quite true, I guess, but but I'm a firm believer that before you get to that stage in your life, that, that life will make you, you know, where you're brought mm-hmm. up, how you're brought up by your mum and dad, to, 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 to sort of respect people's little words of please and thank yous, the community you're brought up within, you know, that that I think influences you and, and hugely and and makes you the person who you are, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Welsh and Wales is, is something hugely important to me. And uh, it's, as I said, it's, you know, um, it's, it's, it's who I am. And, and that
1: pride in your cul- country and culture and language, and like that, that I suppose you know, raises questions about patriotism, which in turn raises questions about nationalism. Are you a supporter of Welsh independence, for example?
0: Well, I'm a supporter that there certainly needs to be um, a a debate about it, you know, and I think what is important, I think, is that we don't go down to the root of people voting for something and don't know what's going to happen at the other end. Like like, like Brexit. Mess. <laughs> in fact, Brexit. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. You know, Brexit was sort of rushed in, what, six or seven months of debates and nobody knowing who was saying the truth and what was going to happen. And then people were voting not knowing what was going to happen. And it's a, it's been a, it's a total mess. So, you know, for me, that shouldn't happen again. So I think, you're, you know, why, why wouldn't somebody want to you know, to be ruled by, by your own country. Why why wouldn't somebody, you know? So, but what I think is important is that there is a, an honest and open mm. debate and conversation about it, and not just in six or seven or eight months' time, but, you know, over a period of a few years, and everybody knows exactly what it's going to look like, what are the pros for it, what are the cons for it, and then people can, can make your mind up. So, you know, and if the best thing for Wales is to be, um, you know, run by Wales itself, then then I would support that. And you know, I wh- why wouldn't you? If it's if it's the best thing, but uh, I certainly wouldn't sort of you know vote for something if it's not best for yeah. for that country. So I think there needs to be a very frank and honest and open debate, so so people can then make their mind up. You know, based on people who know exactly what, what it's going to look like at the end, not not like the, the mess we've seen mm-hmm. with with Brexit in the last few years.
1: If if you're just tuning into the hard shoulder, the cattle you can hear in the background belong to Nigel Owens. The a uh, uh, former international uh, referee is my guest for the Thursday interview this week. Uh, would you say then, Nigel? And it certainly, I, I, I suspect speaking to you that the answer to this is going to be yes. Uh, uh, but are, are you now someone who you would describe as being comfortable in your own skin?
0: Yes, yes, for for for, for sure. Yeah, you know, there was quite a, a long period in my life where I where I was not comfortable with within my own skin and wasn't sort of you know happy with who i was and becoming somebody i didn't didn't want want to be really in dealing with you know my my sexuality and other issues the eating disorder the bulimia and you know a lot of issues stemming from those mental health issues because of you know struggling with with who i truly was so and uh, yeah, no, you know, I'm very comfortable now and, and happy within 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 myself and happy within within my life here, you know and look, no, nobody's perfect, you know I, I still get days, you know, we all will get and I think this is the key thing about mental health I think, you know, that for people who are struggling with it to realise that you're not alone you know, people who you think maybe the last people who to struggle with it, you know will will go through some difficulties in their life, you know, struggle with some sort of mental health, you know, various degrees of it, of course there is, and um, still you get days, obviously, you know, when pressure. On things are not right on the farm, or you know, pr- pressure of work and travelling still. And um, you know, there are days when you still sort of get that moment, but then you you have put in place plans where you know how to how to deal with it. So no, I'm I'm sort of very comfortable with with who I am now and mm. and, and where I am in my life.
1: Uh, what what do you credit that change to from from that point? You know, when you talk about bulimia and. Hiding your sexuality from the world, and and uh, what did you say? Uh, being a different person, or, 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 or becoming a, a person you didn't want to be. What do you credit that? That changed. Well, accepting
0: who I was first of all. I think you know because you know unless unless you accept that I choose in your life, whatever they may be, whether it be dealing with who you are, worried about you know um, your kids in school or going to university. Um, financial worries, relationship worries, pressure in work, job security, you know, whatever those worries are, whatever is the issue that is making you feel down or making you struggle with, with mental health. Unless you accepted our issues, then there's no way you can go on to the to the next stage of right, what am I gonna do about it? And that was the biggest challenge of, of my life, really, was accepting who I was. You know, ref in the World Cup final in 2015 between Australia and New Zealand, you know, the biggest game in world rugby, which only happens once every four years. The pressure on ref in that is is massive. It is huge. But it was nothing, nothing compared to the challenge of accepting who I was. And once I accepted who I was, I was then able to get on with my life. It still took me another five or six years before I actually told with people I was still living mm. that lie because there was, you know, there was nobody out in the macho world of rugby. So I didn't know if I was able to be my, myself and I still struggled for a while after that. But, um, you know, but, but I think society has changed, you know, that are all, people are respected now, you know, you, you're not, ju- you're judged now on, on the content of your character and the person that you are, not on your sexuality or the color of your skin or your, or your religious beliefs you know and I, I think that is hugely important I think so we do live in an environment now where people and, and it, you know and I don't like saying this accepted you it. It shouldn't be the people accepting you. you should be able just to be get on with your life and, and be who you are and there's still there are sort of you know extremisms in all walks of life there's still people there who don't like somebody for whatever's different various reasons but I think Things are very different today to what they were 30, 40 years ago. So yeah. the fact that I was able then to, to accept myself and deal with myself and, you know, society and on rugby in particular, allowing me to be who I am, certainly have contributed hugely to me being comfortable with, with who I am today. Yeah, it's still
1: at the same time, you look at how many professional rugby players there are, you know, on these islands alone, and you look at all the ranks of of, of professional footballers as well, uh, in Britain, and how few openly gay players there are. Like it, it would lead you to suspect that while society has has come a long way, that there, there's still a way to go. Unless you accept, unless you you are of the belief that there are there are no gay footballers.
0: Oh, well, no, I I doubt that's, that. I doubt <laughs> that's the case. Um, look I think there's a couple of reasons. I think. Look, you know, no, nobody nobody can ever turn around and tell me that rugby is is a homophobic sport. It's not, um, because I've proven that, Gareth Thomas, Sam Stanley, you know, England Samson, I know a huge amount of, of, various um rugby clubs you know who players are out within their own community within their the clubs outside the professional game so so rugby is a sport that's inclusive for all Now, yes there are issues because in all walks of life in in every industry if, if you're in a building of 2000 people working there somebody there's not going to like somebody because of the sexuality or the color of the skin or what country they come from because there are people like that there so you're always going to get that but i think you know, so, so rugby and, and and I think other sports as well, you know, if football, when somebody does come out in football, whoever that person will be, they will be hugely, I think, surprised how supportive the football community is. There'll be uh, people within that who will just be horrible, nasty people, and that's the same for all walks of life. So, you know, you, you can be yourself in sport today, particularly in rugby. But also as well, I think the other issue then that people I think overlook is that, particularly from my own experience, it was very difficult for me to accept who I was myself, so there are a lot of people in sport, professional and outside of it, who are actually struggling with dealing with the sexuality themselves. So there's no way you can expect those people to tell people and be out when they're struggling to accept it themselves. Now obviously, there's two, there's two faults to that. There's one that you, you know, for you to accept yourself, you need society and sport and a culture um and in, in your communities in everyday life that is tolerant to people so you feel that you can be yourself so once you have that environment which i think we are a long way there, still a lot of work to do again you know that you can be yourself then that will help you accept yourself as well so they both go hand in hand but there are a lot of people in sport who no doubt too, you know are struggling to deal it with them with themselves and also as well you must remember a lot of people i, I know one person in particular in the professional game of rugby who says look I, I'm comfortable with who I am I don't need to tell anybody it's my own business and I'm just going to live my life the, the way that I want it and and you have to respect that and, and that's that's their choice so a lot of people choose not to, to, to say as well and just get get on with their lives and, mm. and, and I think you know there are many many various different reasons reasons for it but if we can create an environment where people feel that they can take themselves to work or be themselves every day um, then that will help people then if they are struggling with accepting themselves that they have an environment and a culture where they feel that they can be themselves.
1: Yeah, maybe that player is ahead of the curve and and ultimately we, we want to get to the point where nobody has to say it just because, because it's irrelevant. Um, um uh, uh, Listen, before I let you go, I know you, you and I spoke not long after the, the, the last international match you refereed and you were talking about different plans uh, and different things you had on the horizon, things you'd like to do. You talked about a, a family and kids. Is that still something uh, that would be... A, um, yeah, it, un- it, it is.
0: Yes, yeah, it, it is. It's something, um, something that we're hoping to start the process um, uh, probably next month. I, I hope. Oh or wow! The month after the process of sort of you know look, into, into adoption, I think we, we we are looking at going. So it is something we we certainly have sort of had one initial meeting, and then obviously we'll you know we'll take it forward from there. Then in the various meetings and courses that are available, and then. Hopefully then everything will go well, and uh, you know who yeah. Maybe by time this next year or, or soon after, you know, we will be more than two just in the in the family. So we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but certainly it it's, it is something that is is on is on is ongoing.
1: Well, can I wish you the absolute best of luck next month then with with that uh, that process uh, getting underway, Nigel. It's been a pleasure.
0: My pleasure and please pass all my best wishes to everybody over there in Ireland I always used to love coming over to the referee in Ireland and the welcome you get and I haven't been over for a while now I am due to come over I think in the spring or summer if all is well to, to talk in a few places there so I look forward to see, to seeing the, the good people of Ireland again hopefully soon Well
1: uh, for anybody listening in Ireland who has a bull in Connacht or a bull in Leinster <laughs> uh, Ni- Nigel is in the market for two more Nigel Owens uh, listen uh, thank you so much
0: My pleasure all the best